0: Hello, and welcome to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm Randy, and here in the Crypto Cafe, we embrace everyone in Web3, newcomers and experts alike who want to dive into everything going on in crypto, NFTs, and Web3 with some of the leading experts across a variety of industries. Today, we are diving deep into the entertainment industry, immersive experiences, communities, and I'm delighted to be joined by a true award-winning metaverse pioneer right here in the Crypto Cafe. We have Justin Hockberg, who's the co-founder and CEO of Virtual Brand Group, known for building incredible immersive experiences. Justin, thanks so much for joining us in the cafe today.
1: Randy, I'm so glad to be here. I was just wondering, what are you serving today in the cafe?
0: I love that you asked that because uh, I I always wish that we were together in person. So I am drinking just the most ginormous bucket of black coffee here. You know, classic New Yorker. What about yourself? What are you drinking?
1: Uh, so I am drinking a neon colored cup with a big V for the voice, and in it is a mix of um, uh, my daughter's favorite drink from Starbucks, which is what she calls Starbucks, um, (laughs) and my son's favorite drink, which has a lot of caffeine in it.
0: Love it. Um, Do you have one of those chairs also that turns around? Like if you think someone on Zoom has a good idea or a bad idea, you can just be like, I'm I'm in or I'm out.
1: 100%. (laughs) And not only do I have the original red chair that spins like you see on NBC, but as you may have noticed if you've seen it in the press on what we're doing uh, of course the metaverse is not reality it allows you to defy gravity and so we have reinvented those red chairs and so being built for me right now i don't have a cafe but i have a metaverse workshop is a rocket ship spinning red chair of which of which for special people and if you want to put your name on the list because you're at the top of it right now, we give them one, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. I would do pretty much anything for a rocket ship spinning metaverse chair. So I, we will definitely continue to chat more about that. That's very exciting. Justin, tell me what sparked your interest in entertainment and, uh, and TV. Were you an actor? Were you a filmmaker when you were younger? And then what later on sparked your interest in the metaverse?
1: That's a great question. Um, I love a good origin story. (laughs) Um, And mine does not involve coming from some outer planet or being um, planted with a never-ending piece of energy like Tony Stark. Too bad. Uh, My father was a storyteller. He came home every day and told stories about his work, which I found fascinating. And I have always wanted to be in the television business which is what I did for the last 20 years of my life and got my start actually helping develop a TV show that many people know for many different reasons called The Apprentice. Now, I have to pause there for a second because I like to say that's a creative statement, not a political statement.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's sad that you have to say that, but uh, but I, I appreciate that. Um, OK, post pause. Where does the metaverse come into this?
1: You know, Randy, I think you amongst so many people because of your illustrious career and all the people you meet know that when you ask that question, there are actually two answers, or at least really good people have two answers. They have an answer that they might give to, say, a partner or a venture capitalist, which is something you might put on a slide deck. But really at the heart of it, I think the answer you really want is the personal why yes right that's the story that got you out of bed before you put the thing on the slide to pitch to whoever right and so here's my personal why of the metaverse for 20 plus years i have navigated and hustled at the intersection of technology storytelling and brands i worked at microsoft on the early days of web tv and interactive tv I worked at Microsoft on streaming media that broke the uh, you know, music industry. Um, I was on reality TV when it first launched and have done about 35 different shows. And I've worked with about, I don't know, 150 to 200 different brands solving choke points as they evolve with the new techn- technology landscape. So if you take those three things, and I always like triangles because they are nature's strongest uh, object, which is why the pyramids still exist and the Roman aqueducts have fallen. I always look for where does that triangle exist? And here's what happened to all of us. Much like in the Avengers, there was a blip. About two and a half years ago, life changed overnight and we went from being social uh, in-person creatures to virtual creatures. I have two kids. Those kids were 11 uh, 11 and 13. And we were a no TV or screen family all week long only on the weekends which made us incredibly unpopular nonetheless (laughs) we held the line and if you have kids you know how hard that is yep the day zoom school starts kids are on six eight hours of screens so we got it. but what happened next was they would leave one screen which was boring math history spanish and then they'd go jump on a screen again To play Fortnite, roblox etc and my wife and i felt so bad as parents how could we let our kids spend their entire day 10 hours on screens it was against our personal beliefs so we were really angry and we tried to figure out how to get them not to do it one of the things i learned as a parent was always know what they're doing by doing it and so instead of just Shutting down the Wi-Fi, I started playing these games with my daughter and my son, and I played Fortnite with my son, and I saw him interacting with friends, playing the game, but really talking. I saw my daughter meeting new friends, building, socializing. And what I realized was, unlike the games of my youth culture, whether that be Atari or or Call of Duty, where it was like an end-to-end point, there was a beginning, a middle, and then you were finished. These were social games. And what my kids were really doing was trying to recreate the personal connection that they had lost due to the pandemic. So I sat there and I marveled and I started digging and digging and digging and playing and playing and playing. And then I started taking it professionally serious and started meeting people that were creating. And I realized if you go back to my triangle, this was the intersection of a piece of technology that already existed. This wasn't some promise of the next laser disc that didn't have anything. Roblox had 50 million users. So this was real. There was storytelling. Kids were making up their own stories. They were inventive. It wasn't programmed by someone sitting in Activision, you know, 3,000 miles away who spent seven years designing it. And then I looked and I said, wait a second, there's something missing. There are no brands. And so this was two years ago when there were no brands on Roblox and brands were not talking about virtual fashion. And that was my aha moment to create the virtual brand group as a way to bring brands into these experiences and help them navigate.
0: I love it. Okay. So talk to me about your team. Do you meet in a real office, a metaverse office? Is are, is everyone remote? Like, what? Well, I'm, I'm get, paint me a picture.
1: So everybody is wherever they think they need to be. And that means sometimes in person, a lot of people who work virtually, uh, we have people in five different countries, and I can honestly say 30% of the people that work for me, I have never seen anything except for their avatar. Uh,
0: Amazing. I uh, I love it. And I as someone who I have hired several people from my team from meeting them as anonymous people in discord, I have a lot of uh, respect and understanding for that. So very cool. You have. Can I I jump in and just jump in
1: for one second? Yeah. You know, when you when you say that you've hired people anonymously and I say I don't even know who these people are. One of the things that we think we all know about humans is that we're biased. We're biased even if we don't know it. We're biased about a million things. Uh, You know, whether it's where you come from or people you went to school with or friend connections or people like the same things, but we're definitely biased about backgrounds or how people look or sound, right? And that's not a good thing. So this idea of an anonymous hire is really empowering because it removes the bias for a lot of that stuff, which, by the way, I just want to say, isn't The Voice TV show the original metaverse from that perspective? It was a show for the first time ever where it said, it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters what's inside of you. Mm -hmm. And that is so much about the self-empowerment a virtual world that it makes me wonder if it was meant to be.
0: Absolutely. I I remember in school learning about how uh, orchestras that would audition people behind a curtain where the judges couldn't see um, hired significantly more diversity. So you're absolutely right. It's a a really exciting moment. And speaking of moments, you have some really exciting things going on. I would love to hear how you are bringing the voice to the metaverse and what that looks like.
1: Uh, Well, first of all, you know, when Our company works with brands to bring them in the metaverse. And what we look for is ubiquitous intellectual property across five sectors, generally sports, entertainment, fashion, retail and lifestyle. And a lot of the entertainment properties, um, you know, there are certainly big franchises that we've seen many of those movies. Superheroes come first to mind, et cetera. But one of the things that is overlooked is that when you start talking about a piece of intellectual property, The nature of the metaverse is very gamified. Um, It's not passive. You, You jump in there, you do things. And so then when you start thinking about worlds to build around, if you're talking about a piece of fashion or maybe a character from a movie, there's not necessarily a natural game to play. You can make one up. I mean, we created an experience on Roblox for Forever 21, which is fashion. We gamified that. And that's where my TV background creating reality formats has come into play. But there's not an intrinsic nature of it. So when we looked around for entertainment properties, we wanted the single biggest entertainment property in the world from television that was already a game. And that is The Voice. The Voice is in 180 countries, which, by the way, I wasn't even sure that were 180 countries. I have to just admit (laughs) that. My um, 12-year-old corrected me. And it turns out it's in more countries than even mega brands like Disney, which is in a hundred countries, or Nike. In fact, the only other brand in more countries that we could find was Coke, and I think God, and that's it. So that's the first place we started.
0: That's amazing. I uh, now, how how many more countries do you need to go to overtake Coke? Um, God, God might I, be hard to overtake.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a little <laughs> ubiquitous. Uh, so we're going to, I, I want to be ambitious, but I want to be realistic. Um, having said that, I love a good asterisk. The same God is not present everywhere. So that might make give me some hope. Ah. But moving past that, um, nonetheless, regardless of what the, the, the country count is, the, the reason why it was The Voice was it's intrinsically, it's, it's huge on a global basis. It is in every language, and it's a known format. And it is the number one TV show for that type of intellectual property worldwide.
0: Really exciting. You're here in the Crypto Cafe with me, host Randy Zuckerberg, and the amazing Justin Hochberg, co-founder and CEO of Virtual Brand Group, an award-winning metaverse pioneer who's known for building immersive experiences and communities. I'm curious about uh, what you think the future of retail in the metaverse will look like. You mentioned some of your work with Forever 21. Take us, you know, a year to five into the future and what will retail look like?
1: Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think the first place to start with is there's a bunch of myths floating around. And um, and, and I know that everything seems obvious once it's already happened. But even a year ago, Randy, would you say that it was obvious that virtual fashion was going to be a thing to the to the masses. I, I would say not. What do you think?
0: No, definitely. It took me actually going into the metaverse myself to really have an aha moment about uh, digital fashion. And and what, what what was that aha moment? That like, aha what, moment what happened. Yeah, I I set up my avatar. I was super disappointed about how basic she looked. I thought, great, now I'm like a boring mom in the real world. I'm also a boring mom in the metaverse, and I can easily fix one of those things. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, within a few minutes, I had spent like twenty dollars uh, decking out my avatar.
1: And didn't you like feel good about yourself? I like, felt so record. much.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was like people were complimenting me uh, on on my outfit. I had these like glittery high heels. I felt great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, So I think you're tapping into a lot of what's going on. So the the first thing I wanna say about virtual retail is there's there's a couple different ways to take this. From a consumer perspective, the reason why it's so powerful, you nailed it, is most people, even if you live in a nice city in America, much less in some more challenging places around the world, is things are tough and you may not have access to a lot of things. Um, most people aren't ever going to own a pair of Nikes. That's just a reality, right? But in the metaverse, you can acquire virtual goods very easy, no matter where you are off of a device that's connected anywhere, the, anywhere on the globe for a nominal price that allows you to feel, to feel different about yourself, whether it's because of status or whether you want to fit in with a group of people or whether you want to do self-expression. And so that empowerment is wildly powerful. And I think what I notice when I talk to C-suite executives who are in the retail sector and they say, I don't get that. I say, show me what you're wearing today. And they're wearing some form of a great watch, some nice jewelry, expensive glasses, and a good outfit. And I said, the reason you don't get that is because you already have all those wonderful things. But imagine if you didn't. And so although... People in the metaverse can come from any background, whether they have money or not. Most of the planet sees this as an opportunity to do what you just did. A glow up virtually is super easy. So that's from the consumer perspective and that's why there's so much demand for this side. So that's the demand side of the equation. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, I think it's really exciting and you can really start to see how this kind of direct to avatar will become a a massive uh, retail opportunity.
1: So then on the business side, because this is really where we focus, because you got to have the brands in it. We talk about, again, back to the triangle, three-pronged strategy, which is, first of all, you have to recognize that the virtual world should be married to the physical world. I know it's very easy today to think about, we sell in-store, and then there's this other thing like where stuff is being bought in Roblox or Decentraland or wherever. But that's also the way, and you know this because you've been in tech for a long time. If I said to you 25 years ago at the advent of the HTTPS colon backslash backslash www.insertname.com, and I said to you, look, e-commerce is going to be merged with physical retail. You'd be like, no way. All it does is like show you a picture of stuff. And today it's basically one and the same, right? They work in harmony, they're integrated in systems. You don't think about one versus the other, you use them differently, but also simultaneously, right? Totally. So that is the first thing that the virtual world, the e-commerce world, the physical world, it's all one thing. And so for example, when we did the launch a year ago now in Forever 21, we created a system in Roblox where if you bought a virtual item you got a code that gave you a discount to a real item on the Forever 21 website. Now, what's interesting about that is, because codes are codes and that's not so unique, for the first time ever, we actually had merchandise in the physical world together with the virtual world. So if you went on the Forever 21 e site, you would see a shirt, a blouse, shorts, that's on a real model, And then you'd see it on the virtual characters from Roblox. And you could either buy one, both, bundled, click through, et cetera. So it was all merged as one experience so that you could, quote unquote, twin with your avatar. So that was one piece of the equation.
0: It's really exciting, and um, I love how at the forefront of all this you are. Now, you recently launched an exciting partnership with uh, The Voice and a Metaverse platform. I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Well, we're super excited about that because, uh, you know, obviously people love the the TV show, um, and we're thinking and we're trying to find new ways to create experiences. So our general roadmap for The Voice is that first of all there's a giant fan community that is disconnected. Uh, if you think about 180 countries with 100, you know, many different languages, infinitely, um, people aren't really part of a community. So if we can build a community through the metaverse, which is one global stop, that would be great. So the first thing that we are going to launch, which you are the first person to hear about. Um, in retrospect, because it's been really exciting to do, is in Decentraland's Music Festival, which happened for the second time this year, uh, November 10th through 13th, so four days, it had over 150 acts, and we were the first ever TV show to be participating in the festival, and we had a bespoke, custom-made musical competition in their festival world, which both allowed you to play this game to win super cool, unique rare wearables and visit an NBC voice set so you too could sit in the big red chair.
0: Amazing. I mean, what a what a cool experience for people around the world to feel like they're on the set of one of their favorite TV shows.
1: Uh, in fact, you know, that is super cool. Every time we do any research, Um, And the production company, ITV Studios, that owns the rights, does this. And they were kind enough. These are my partners. They're fantastic. Um, And they they know this property really well. That is the number one people beg to do. Everybody wants to go to the set and sit in the big red chair. So if we can bring that experience, again, to people that are never going to make it to Burbank to do that, then that's super cool. The other thing, if I may add, and this was teased in our press announcement um, in late October was you saw in the image four new voice coaches, which were metaverse coaches. So it wasn't Blake and Gwen and Camille and John Legend who were on NBC. There were four separate new characters. And so the metaverse is about creating new intellectual property and finding new voices, both characters and singers. And so we introduced them into Central Land as well. So you get to meet them for the first
0: time. That is really exciting. And I can't wait to get to know the, the new coaches better. Um, I, Justin, I mean, you're really so on the forefront of so many exciting things uh, in entertainment and immersive experiences. I'm curious, um, what are some of your predictions for the next few years in the space? And finally, what would be a dream project that you would love to work on?
1: Well, Randy, you know, a prediction in the next. Uh, so the great thing about a prediction over the next couple of years is there's so little likelihood of it happening. <laughs> I can say whatever I want and still not be too wrong. Um, let me start a little closer, which is my first prediction is right now. I think there's a big trend story about someplace, you know, pretty well, um, having some struggles with their metaverse efforts. But bigger picture, I see a lot of corporate entities challenging the idea that the metaverse is a thing, um, that it's more akin to uh, the 3D movie effort that Jeffrey Katzenberg or the Laserdisc, and really all it is is a you know three-dimensional website. Um, so one of the things I think you're gonna start seeing is, we started out a year ago, and it's hard to believe it was just a year ago, with a ton of hype um, because a lot of people were speculating, I would think with some PPE loans that they didn't have any use for, or money that they didn't spend because they were all trapped at home. And we saw this bubble in these collectibles yep. and that crashed. Um, but what we're now seeing on the ground, and I don't mean from like a McKinsey perspective or some uh, media agency perspective, but really on the ground, is people are actually building true businesses using these technologies, just like they did 20 years ago to change their consumer experience with the internet, with their supply chain, with their suppliers. That's what we're seeing right now. And so that hype was really good to attract people to this, but it also has now the downside of in any hype cycle, you go into this sort of, whether it's the crypto winter or sort of the the metaverse isn't really a a thing thing. Right now, what we see is basically every brand, as they do today, having e-commerce will have A metaverse experience fully integrated into their consumers' journey, whether that be virtual worlds or uh, fan communities that have rewards or one to one connection because everybody has a wallet. This will just become commonplace and we won't even really talk about it like it's a separate thing. That's what we see being built, that's what we're building, and that's where the biggest value will be to both brands and consumers.
0: Love it. Okay, now your dream project that you would love to work on if you could work with any person, IP, entity, anything in the universe. My dream
1: IP would probably be one of the greatest sports leagues ever, like Formula One. Mm. And one of the reasons I say that in particular is because I love brands that have passionate communities. And that really are dedicated. So that would be exciting to me. On the other end of the spectrum, there's a simpler version of that. Again, there's a hot sauce. You ever see the show called The Hot Ones?
0: No, but now I want to. Okay,
1: so go to BuzzFeed. (laughs) And they have this show where they do an interview. And the interview is done while people are eating uh, buffalo wings. Oh with yeah. I have. Levels of hot
0: sauce. Yes. I have heard of this. Okay. okay. Yes. It's hilarious. Okay. okay. So it's
1: hilarious because you're there trying to talk about something and your <laughs> mouth is on fire. So there's like an amazing brand that has a huge dedicated group of people that love that. Now you say yourself, Justin, why? I mean, formula one, I get it. It's a game, it's live, it's TV, it's a major media property. And the reason why I give you those two examples is I want to make it really clear, because I get this all the time, that the metaverse is not just for consumer-facing, easy brands to understand like a retailer or a sports league, but it's for any product, B2B, B2C. And so I'm using your question to illustrate for those that are listening that it really is for everyone.
0: I love it. Justin, where can our listeners go to keep up with you, take part in uh, the voice activation or any of the other activations that you have going on? I
1: love that. So if you just go to one of two places, so if you want to know all the different brands and all the different activations across the many sectors, if you'd go to virtualbrandgroup.com, no S, brandgroup.com, you will see everything we have, the latest news along with, and we're really good about this, I think, and if we're not good enough, someone please tell me, providing case studies and data. Because as you know, Randy, this world is so new. It's so bespoke that even if you called up Roblox as the you know as Barack Obama and said, hey, give me the memo on how to launch, there isn't one. And so we provide a lot of case studies, data and information on that site. The second place that I would love people to go is to catch up on The Voice. We have a site called VIP Voice Superverse. It's not the Metaverse, it's the Superverse. So not VIP Voice Superverse.com and you can see the latest activations. And in fact, the first thing that we have up there right now is an Easter egg hunt, um, which will get you rare access and limited edition merch if you can find the hidden digit in the image on the page. So, and I will be looking out because I see all the people who nail it to see if Randy Zuckerberg found the Easter egg.
0: Mm, All right. I I am going to find that Easter egg. And I'm very excited about the idea of a rocket ship metaverse red seat. Justin, thank you so much for joining today. Your enthusiasm and passion for the metaverse definitely comes through in your voice and your energy when you're speaking about it. And uh, congratulations on your incredible new partnership.
1: Thank you, Randy. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm going to send a big jug of black coffee to the cafe for you for tomorrow's show.
0: Love it. Thank you so much. That was Justin Hochberg, co-founder and CEO of Virtual Brand Group, uh, chatting about all things immersive experiences, metaverse. Um, He and his team have done incredible work with retail brands like Forever 21, television shows and IP like The Voice. And uh, uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes on all the incredible work they'll continue to do innovating in the space. You're listening to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. Tune in next week for a brand new episode.